Hey guys, Mary Ann with Crime Scene and Cupcakes, Dog Mom, Baker, True Crime Podcast Maker. And I know I've been missing an action for a couple of weeks, but we had a little bit of a server crash here. And one of my devices is now completely, let's say, wiped off the map. And the Apple geniuses have promised me they're going to be able to retrieve some recordings that I have. So the Car Brother murders and a couple of my podcasts for the Krista Martin podcast, we're going to be able to get back. They promised me and they are geniuses. So if a genius says he can get it back, he can get it back. So, we should be having those out in the next couple of weeks. But in the meantime, I am recording a, let's call it a little apreview. I don't know if that's even a word. Is that a word? Hmm. Oh, I know what I was thinking of. An amuse-bouche. That's the word I was thinking of. We're going to have an amuse-bouche. So, um... This is kind of what I wanted to do anyways. Um, So we're going to talk about the Carr Brothers' childhood separately from the Carr Brothers' massacre. Because one of the things that the Carr Brothers have discussed a lot in their appeals is their childhood. And why they should not get the death penalty because of what their childhood was like. Well, that's one of them. And then the other thing they talk about is they don't think they should get the death penalty because of one of the errors is that their case was done together, was done concurrently. Jonathan and um, Reginald's case was done at the same time. But we'll get into that when we talk about the massacre itself. But today we're going to talk about their childhood and growing up um, and actually where they were born because... A lot of podcasts and a lot of shows I listen to keep saying they were born in Dodge City. They weren't born in Dodge City. And it just makes me crazy every time I hear that. So, let's get into it. Reginald Carr was born on November 14th, 1977 in... Cleveland, Ohio, not Dodge City, Cleveland, Ohio, to Reginald Carr Sr. Reginald Carr Sr. was 17 years old, and Janice Harding, Reginald's mom, Jr., who was 16 at the time. Even though they had Reginald Jr., At 17 and 16, they decided to wait until they were 18 years of age to make it official. They had a daughter, Regina, born 14 months after they had given birth to Reginald Jr. And Jonathan followed shortly thereafter on March 30th of 1980. But their young lives were cut short.
Regina, however, was diagnosed with leukemia at two years of age. She only lived another year and died at the age of three. Reginald was only four at the time that this happened, and a lot of people said at the trial that he was crushed by the loss of his sister. And this is where you go into the he said, she said type of thing. Because at the trial, a lot of people say that a lot of his dysfunction stems from the fact that he lost his sister at such a young age. And that he didn't, he became very dysfunctional at that age and didn't understand how to handle grief and became very detached from people at that age because of losing his sister at such a young age. So a lot of people say that's what created Reginald to become so detached from people was losing his sister at such a young age. Now remember, we do have his brother Jonathan, who that's his sister as well. So we do have that in that situation. And that's one of the things that is brought up for the cars at their defense a lot of times is we we hear the story about their sister, which is horrible. Losing a sister at that young of an age, I cannot even imagine. That is a horrible, terrible thing to happen. And, but... Again, I don't think that discounts you going and killing five people. I do not think it discounts rape. I do not think it discounts burglary. I definitely don't think it discounts or gives you a pass on doing any of the things that you had done. And I think we have all seen stories from others who have gone through similar horrific situations And who have risen from those situations and have become very hardworking, amazing people. So, we're going to hold that right there. So then, we go back to Reginald. Um, So, as Reginald is going through his childhood, we start to see very sexually inappropriate things with Reginald. Reginald's mom um, babysat a lot of kids in their home. And there was a, there was a lot of reports that Reginald was um, inappropriately fondling and touching the girls that Reginald's mother was babysitting. And of course, I immediately, a lot of alarms start going off in my head. Where the heck are child protective services? Um, how is this happening? But again, you're dealing, <coughs> you're dealing in these neighborhoods Um, and the mother, from what I understand, mom is moving around a lot. She's, the parents are moving, uh, both the parents had alcohol and drug issues. And so they're moving to different schools. Um, from what I understood, they went to eight different schools in eight years. So they're, they're constantly going to different schools. Mom is babysitting kids. And so he's, you know, at six years old, he is fondling and being inappropriate with kids and so you have that situation (music) 
So mom Janice was staying one foot ahead of the system while having her son become her personal drug dealer. That's right. Why go out and find one? Her kid was doing the dealing for her. But here's the thing, her son Reginald was 11 years old. It just seemed to me like Reginald was just throwing himself at the world. No fear, no care, which is the most dangerous, especially at 11. Here he is dealing drugs, and it sounds like taking care of mom while going to elementary school. And just saying, WTF. So here, the mom is drinking and drugging. By 16, Reggie is heavily drinking. He's fighting with anyone and everyone. He has no boundaries. He was suspended for sexually harassing a teacher in eighth grade. He has so much anger and aggression, he actually beat up one of his teachers in ninth grade. Jonathan, in the meantime, idolizes Reggie in everything he does. In 1995, Reggie is sentenced to 13 months in prison for robbing a bookstore at the community college in Dodge City wearing a Michael Myers Halloween mask. Michael Myers, people. He was also ordered to serve six months for aggravated assault and subverting the legal process. However, while he was in prison, he couldn't stay out of trouble and ended up picking up another drug charge. So he got 28-month parole. And, and then he got picked up for drunk driving. However, during this time, there was a horrible error that happened and caused one of those dominoes to fall over and it ruined so many lives in Wichita, Kansas after that. So there was a data error and a new law to cut parole for non-violent offenders. And that law allowed him to be let out. So on December 1st of 2000, he's allowed to go free. And on December 4th is when Reginald and Jonathan team back up and decide to take a road trip to Wichita, Kansas. And that road trip is the beginning of the Wichita Massacre.